Welcome to The Localist Podcast, a podcast showcasing the local heroes of Pakistan. People creating positive change and driving the country towards a better future. I'm Mo. I'm Rabia. And, and we, we are, are The Localists. Localists. Hi, welcome to another episode of The Localist Podcast. I'm Rabia. And I'm Mo. And today we have a very special guest. All our guests are special, just so you know. This one's very special. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> she's an environmentalist, a feminist. Oh no. A whatist. And a, a fascist. A liberal, liberalist, because we're educated. She's also the realist. She's an intellectualist. <laughs> See, now, y'all are setting me up, and then everybody's going to be disappointed, and then they're going to be like, what's your name? All right. Actually, Ramsha Siddiqui yes. is a influencer... And she is going to correct me, but I want her to do that. Uh, she's a gothic fashion influencer. <laughs> she's cringing. She'll, and she'll tell you why. She is um, a huge advocate of sustainable fashion. Yes. But more importantly, she has been somebody that has educated me about mental health. And this conversation today is going to be um, primarily on that. Um, from the insider's perspective, she's not a professional. She is somebody who has um, her has her fair share of experience. And because of her first-hand experience, she's been able to educate me and show me things in a way that I would have never understood. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, and um, I'm glad I could be of service. And, and I think that this, these are conversations, you know, we don't have. And people I haven't had access to a person like Ramsha you know until now and I want this conversation to be heard because I feel like there will be so many people like myself that could be educated and maybe so many people like Ramsha that could you know totally relate I guess I think it's a really <coughs> important discussion to have especially in this day and age where there's still so much social stigma and taboo attached to it, especially in our society and it's a universal problem. Everybody suffers from some low points in their life, if not a full-blown mental condition. Yeah. And so I don't see why it's so it's such a demonized topic because it can help so many people. <clears throat> and this whole what will people think and like this is not normal and you're not normal, it's a very toxic way of being and of living and of thinking. And it needs to literally be put to death. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel really passionately about... Um, mental health and physical health I would I wouldn't say like I know Rabia said that I'm an influencer and all that but I would honestly count myself as an um, a chronic illness and a mental health advocate I would say because I am very passionate about both those topics because neither of them is very well understood and I'm still in the process of understanding them myself mm-hmm. and so if I can give whatever I've learned to other people and help them along on their journey I mean the more the merrier, right? Yeah, and, and and I have to put this disclaimer out there that we're not um, mental health professionals. Oh yeah, no, we don't this know. Is, yeah. This is a discussion that's happening between friends. Definitely. And we just want to take this conversation just between the three of us, you know, to people so they can hear it and be comfortable with the topic. Do your research. Find yourself a Ramsha, friends like Ramsha, <laughs> because they have helped me. Or just through. contact me. You can find me. I'm, yeah. I'm very easy to find. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and very helpful as well. She has been very helpful to sort of acquaintances and like strangers. Thank and, you. And it's, it really boggles my mind to see somebody go and, 
go to this these lengths but i think that's a speaks of the type of person she is and also b she is as a mental health and physical health advocate she's she's basically preaching um sorry she's doing what she preaches so um i try to do my best i mean perfectionism <clears throat> or trying to be the perfect environmentalist or trying to be the perfect advocate is self defeating because if you you'll never achieve the level of perfection you hope for and then you'll shut down yeah. so you should just do your best that's what i try to do there are people i failed i'm sure that i didn't manage to reach no matter how hard i tried to break through a wall yeah some people you just can't reach and if i if i put that kind of pressure on myself i'd stop doing this entirely yeah. so i think the part the, the place to start with this is that you should do your best first um, and foremost yeah because perfectionism is going to be <clears throat> you're never going to get it so why try for that it's it's yeah. just self defeating yeah and and i think that takes me to um you know you can have a conversation with somebody but if they're not listening and it could be because of two a couple of reasons which i want to jump straight yeah. into so so we're going to so i will leave <coughs> this up to you where you want to begin um the discussion we'll have is about the suicide yes. suicidal tendencies um bipolar um mental disorder mm-hmm. uh being mood disorders basically okay mood yeah. disorders yeah mood disorders and manic uh schizophrenia uh, schizophrenia is <coughs> not a mood disorder it's mm-hmm. a it's a psychiatric it's a separate um category of disorders mm-hmm. but um and mania being manic is a symptom of a condition Um manic depression is the outdated terminology for bipolar disorder. Okay. okay. So when people still it's still in use in Asia where people will say I'm manic depressive <coughs> but that's actually incorrect it's no longer recognized. Mm. It is bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. Right. And um I think the I think the best part the best place to start would be my personal experience. Yes. Absolutely. So I was diagnosed with anxiety when I was 13 years old. Yeah. I had my first big panic attack and um obviously my parents had no idea what the heck was going on and I basically felt like I was having a heart attack. And they were like, "Well, she's 13. What the hell?" So they took me to a hospital and my pulse was through the roof. Um I was palpitating, I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was suffocating. It was a disaster. <clears throat> and after all the tests and everything were done, they're like she basically just had a panic attack. And they kept me under observation for a while and i had to keep going back and they slowly and surely figured out that i had a an anxiety problem and um that was a big thing because nobody in our family had ever been given a diagnosis like that of any kind of mental health related sort of issue and now looking back i realized my grandmother had probably had anxiety as well but because at that time there was no culture of getting diagnosed for things like this or even, nobody even considered it a thing so she used to be like pardon me for switching languages but unhe ghabrahat hoti thi that's what she yeah. would call it she's like mujhe ghabrahat ho rahi hai i want to get outside i want to walk outside and she would pace relentlessly i remember her pacing for hours because she just couldn't relax and now i wish i wish we could go back and give her the help that i got yeah because she's not here anymore and i wish like i could have found a way to ease those last few years of her life where her anxiety was literally killing her yeah and it probably exacerbated the situation 
but anyway, coming back to me, so I was about 13 when I got diagnosed with um, anxiety. And that's a pretty easy diagnosis to give to somebody because you manifest in a physical way yeah, with yeah, your panic, yeah. panic attacks. Um, but even further back than that, I mean, it was funny how, like, looking back, I mean, retrospection is twenty twenty, right? Like, looking back, you, you can see it so clearly. People would be like, Ramsha's a very serious child. Ramsha is a very serious, she's a very mature child. Like, now, what does that mean, though? Yeah. What, what does mature child mean? It, I was just a very serious little girl. And as I grew older, that seriousness turned into a depressive streak where I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out, everything was okay with my life, and yet I had this <clears throat> sinking sadness in my gut, and I would feel sick because of it, because I was like, I couldn't understand and normally when you're sad there's a reason you're sad and people would make it worse by you know it's because you don't pray you're ungrateful oh my god most most face namaz padoge theek ho jayega yeah and i through societal influence i was convinced i was a bad person because i have a great family i've never wanted for anything financially we're stable Alhamdulillah, everything was good in my life. Everything was in order. Everything was in order. So why am I miserable? And everybody else's response to this was, you're a spoiled brat. You're ungrateful. And so I had this level of self-loathing along with the misery that came with being in depression. Looking back, I realized I was depressed. So not only was I unwell, I was also... Made to hate yourself. Made to hate myself for just being sick. Something I really couldn't help. And I, um, I, if, we, if we had a culture of um, identifying these things earlier, maybe I could have gotten help a lot earlier. But I got my official diagnosis at the age of 24, 25. It took a year of evaluation, by the way. This is not an overnight thing, which is why we say go talk to a professional. Please, these people know what they're doing. They are doctors. They've been to medical school. They know how it works. And you can't just look online and be like, oh, I have these symptoms, so I must be depressed. There are so many layers to this that are both uh, physiological and psychological that you need to go through. So please do not self-diagnose, first of all. That's a very important thing. Every, and also everyone's case is very unique. It's very unique because our brain chemistry is so unique. Yeah. Again, I mean, just put it into perspective this way. Our personalities are so different. Our disorders would be different too, wouldn't they? There's no two people alike that think the same way on any given situation. So why would one person's depression be identical to another person's depression? Shit. It doesn't make sense to contextualize it that way, which is why you have people with degrees <laughs> that know what they're doing. I mean, that's, that's such an interesting thing, right? Like, it, it's once again, it's a theme that <coughs> goes back. We, I mean, we've spoken about it. Anna mentioned it last week with, you know, when it came to physical fitness is that everyone's body is designed differently, so why are we handing out the same cookie-cutter fitness programs to every single person? Similarly, you're sitting here now talking about everyone's personalities, everyone's Mm -hmm. thoughts being different. We are different people, and there's a certain amount of individualization that needs to go with that. You need to seek out that help, whichever area it's in, yourself, you know? And another important factor is like, okay, bodies, yes, 
they're very different from each other, but our brain chemistry is not only shaped by genetics and how we are born and our gender. So you're looking at genetics, you're looking at gender, you're looking at environmental factors, you're looking at traumas, you're looking at experiences. No two cerebral experiences are the same. Yeah, right. Can't be. It cannot be because you are your every day to day experience shapes how you think. Like I could be, I could be depressed. I'm not saying that's what my diagnosis is, but I could be depressed, and mm-hmm. Rabia could be depressed. Yeah. But her depression would manifest completely differently. It would look so different that how can it possibly be the same disease? But it is the same disease. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's very difficult to go by that. That's why I say it took a full year to, for me to get my diagnosis. Right. Now I know for a fact over the years. Um, there are certain conditions that carry a certain taboo with them, mostly yeah. because of media representation. Yeah. Because the media always depicts the extreme, okay, the so. psychopath, you know, who's a murderer. Yeah. Or like... I mean, um, it's not newsworthy. Yeah, or like... Extreme or like... The, ang- the, uh, the anxiety... Masala, yeah. you know? The anxiety person who has OCD and washes her hands like 70,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. times a day. Those are very... And I don't know how many cases but those are very extreme cases. So... There are certain conditions like um, schizophrenia, like borderline personality disorder, like bipolar disorder that have, there are many others that are, there's so much social context attached to them that if it's perfectly all right with you guys, I would rather not go into what my final diagnosis turned out to be because I would rather not have preconceived ideas of my condition, shape or take away from the importance of what I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. I right? Mean, I mean, we already know, but that doesn't yeah, take Yeah, of course away, you do. Yeah. That doesn't take away the credibility and the, the validity of you, your experience as a person. But you'd be surprised by how <laughs> deeply shaped our ideas are by what we see yes. portrayed on the media. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to separate that. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're going to, st- we want to start a conversation to sort of like make people think a little differently or mm-hmm. think on those terms, start thinking about it. Our media here, by the way, in Pakistan doesn't show anything at Oh all. yeah, they don't show so anything So I think you're, you're referring to the Western media. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> most definitely. It's all those serial killers on Netflix uh, and all those guilty like things people or the, watch. Or the psycho ex that's like obsessed. It's just like, no, yeah. that's not, that's not that how it goes. You. It's doing really well. Yeah, you is amazing, but it gives me, see, that that that's what gives me anxiety because I look at it and I'm like, Oh my god, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> because it's terrifying to think that that is the only context that um, what I would call uh, psychonormative, if that could be a term we could use. People who are psychologically normal, quote unquote, not that anybody is, because again, psychologically we're all very different. Yeah. But what could be considered non-clinical people, not having any condition. Okay. Right? Right. If that is the only context they have for these mental conditions, things like you. That's scary. That is terrifying. Yeah. No wonder there's all this like workplace discrimination. When she says you, she means the show. She's yeah, not talking yeah. to Rabia. No, I mean, yeah, the show, the Netflix show. But like, what's his name? Badgley. Like, the, the, Badgley. Ben Badgley. Yeah, him, him. That, that crazy, that crazy person. What was his name in... Um... Gossip Girl? Oh God, I don't know. He was so forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> It's so forgettable. Lonely boy. <laughs> Lonely boy. XOXO. XOXO. Lonely boy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no. So it's really sad because that's how employers see you. That's how, you know, it's not, it's more than just, um, 
oh, so you're portraying this quote-unquote psycho person on the TV, but it's also, that's how employers' perceptions are shaped. That's how, um, you'd be surprised by how ill-informed health professionals are and they'll treat you very weirdly because it's very interesting because I I heard this, uh, I was listening to something yesterday where a girl had gone in to she was talking about it this is not this is not a, this is not a personal thing uh, it was just a story i was listening to on another um, podcast or something in which she had gone into a psych ward and said that i am having suicidal tendencies <coughs> and i am also um, borderline personality disorder that's my diagnosis and they didn't take her seriously why because They'd had another girl with borderline disorder the day before who was also saying she's suicidal, but she was exaggerating. So they just projected that onto this new other girl as well who was genuinely suicidal. And they didn't give her the attention she needed. Luckily, she was around enough to tell the story. But she said that even even like (laughs) health professionals are affected by this. They're also humans, you know, they have opinions and things. It's it's very difficult to get the help you need. Yeah. So the point of this discussion I would like to point out is not about me and my condition. It's about the importance of getting a diagnosis and getting help. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I have. If 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 they if you guys are gonna start messaging in and be like, So what does she have? Sorry, you're not gonna find out what I have. They can't message in. We're not on the radio. Oh, on all like leave comments no, or whatever. She means, yeah. she means on like her platform. Yeah. yeah. So. so you're not going to find out. Know that I've gone through the process. Know that I've had uh, clinical evaluations done. And it was a very um, interesting experience because the biggest part about that was that the guilt was taken away. That self-loathing. Yeah. Because I realized it's like, you know, when you have a flu, yeah. And you have those three days where you're like basically a useless slump of lard and you can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. That's how it feels like. And instead of being hard on myself and being like I'm an ungrateful person and I'm an I'm an asshole basically and like hating mm-hmm. on myself, I can now go like I'm just sick. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. And I can be kinder to myself. Sorry. We're totally distracted by this fluffy cat yeah he's 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 like rumsha as a cat yeah basically i've i found my soulmate you guys cute so yeah yeah um i think on that note i would also like to say that i've heard some um really crazy stories just Mm -hmm. as small as and here in our contacts and in pakistan of um how people really need it that Mm -hmm. that help for their mental health and they ended up with professionals that were just not great for them oh yeah not a good fit not um just you know it just doesn't it didn't work out for them sometimes it was just awful where they put them on unnecessary medication Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um for at least in 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 our experience in my experience where i met ramsha um through um on this whatsapp group um because of a friend of ours who's doing a lot of stuff on mental health he's very good at bringing people together and understanding what kind of person will gel and you know i call it uh mobilizing communities i'm gonna give him a special shout out his name is shazad chaos he's also got a a little group called uh kun the movement on mental health he's a huge advocate yeah. he's a comedian 
and he is using he's harnessing that to get the right message out so back to uh, Ramsha and Shazad and having those lovely people on this group um, that had guided me through my own um, sort of need to find the, the, the guide to find the right type of therapist there was literally like a forum between my like these friends that I just we just spoke about almost every other mm-hmm, thing and yeah. experiences and there was just a lot of like love and no judgment and it was just a very helpful group I'm and I hadn't even seen Ramsha I have not I had not met you at this we point. hadn't met yet yeah and no. it was just it was just on the group and a lot of other people are like that you mm-hmm. know on that group because they're from different like different cities within Pakistan and then in the states Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, so, yeah, so my, the way I was helped through your Mm -hmm. experience is what I want to sort of Okay, so you're basically asking me to tell you how to identify a decent therapist, like somebody who's going to do the job. That's right. Okay, but again, keep in mind, different things work for different people, Mm. but the job of a therapist, and I'm not going to say a psychologist or a psychiatrist, because those are two very different things, by the way, please do not confuse the two. A psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, and a psychologist are three different professionals that have three different jobs. So the first step that you do before you should ideally be prescribed medication is go to a therapist who will try and figure out the level of treatment you need. Right, and then they will push you along along that path. They, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the way to tell on your first meeting, I mean, I, I usually say give it two to three meetings. Yeah. Because you have you walk in with your own reservations. I mean, it's hard to open up to a stranger. There's a lot of like baggage that you're carrying. Not only are you bringing in whatever you're suffering <coughs> with, you're also bringing in social stigma because our society doesn't think this is a thing. Mm. Uh, if you're going to a therapist you know like there's all these heavy things attached to it so when you walk into a therapist's office as a Pakistan as an Asian I would say it is so heavily laced with all this context around it not only are you carrying your own personal psychological baggage and whatever you're there to seek help for you're also carrying social prejudice and you're also carrying your own personal distrust who the hell opens up to a stranger like that it's hard. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. So know that it'll take two to three times before you can know for sure if this therapist is for you. So give it some time. Secondly, these people are professionals for a reason. Or like all of them know what they're doing or they're really good. But even a bad therapist knows more than you do. They are qualified yeah. professionals. Sometimes. Right? Yes. yes so yes, give yes. them that much give them that much leeway to at least try right um some things to look out for the therapist should follow your lead with how comfortable you are um they'll probably start off very small be like how are you feeling today how's your day going how's your week been um and they'll their job is to guide your conversation right they ask questions you answer and in those answers they find more questions that then further lead you down a path of questioning right so they're not supposed to put ideas in your head that's something to be very careful about do not let anybody um, cloud your judgment and your experience by insinuating um, I've heard really bad cases where um, somebody who was struggling to understand their past trauma was convinced that they had been psychologically abused by their mother 
not Jesus. Because that is what the therapist implied, that it must have been your mom. Mm. And nothing of the sort happened. And when she went through a different therapist and went through cognitive behavioral therapy, mm. she realized the other therapist had basically implanted that idea in her head. And she'd spend years resenting her mother because of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So please do not let anybody shape your experience or because you're already in, in such a, a vulnerable state. So if they're putting forward ideas, be very careful with before you accept them. Their job is to listen to you mm-hmm. and guide your conversation before they can come to some conclusions. If <coughs> say they're jumping down your throat, not a good idea. Not a, not a good sign. Yeah. I had that. Remember yeah. I, went tra- yeah. I went therapist shopping. And that's what I asked the group. I was like, guys, I've been to two now. Yeah, do not let the therapist <laughs> jump down your throat. She, their... she had something for me in five minutes, Mm-mm. me talking. And I was like, um, I just, you know, and I think it was a huge red flag yeah. because the one I had seen before that, she literally let me talk for an hour. Oh, yeah. Because she was taking notes. Of course. And, uh, you know, I was like, how do you know these? Let's go back to the fact that it took a full year for me to get a diagnosis. Yes. It's not, if they're not... jumping down your throat, that's a big red flag. Do not go with that. Secondly, if they start asking you questions that are making you uncomfortable and you tell them they're making you uncomfortable and they do not change tact, that is a red flag. They're not there to mm. dig things out of you. They're there to draw things out of you. There's a big difference, right? It's their job to create an environment that is comfortable enough for you to divulge your insecurities and your pain and your suffering. Yeah. If they're being pushy, no, no, no. That's not good. They need to take it at your pace. At the end of the day, this is an exchange of services. Hello, you paid for their time and it's their job to give you the service you're paying for. And the service you're paying for is guidance. Yeah. Right? Not being pushed into a corner. Yeah. With that being said, do go along with it and try your best to play along. I guess that's that would be the term. Play along. See, if they give you an advice, if somebody says... I would like you to keep a journal for the week and when you come back, bring it. Hmm. Please do keep that journal if they're hmm. telling you to do that. You have to trust the process. Again, if a doctor gives you antibiotics and says you need to take them three times a day, we know you need to complete an antibiotics course. We know this. Yeah. And we do it because it's been directed by the doctor. Treat it the same way. This is treatment of a yeah. kind, right? So it you need to take it. Yeah, you need to take it with it. that level of seriousness. Yeah. And it only works if you want it to work it's one of those things you can't help the people that don't want to be helped yeah. so you have to be open to it yes that's the other you thing. have to be open to it mm. it is uncomfortable it is painful you will cry you will have moments where you're going to be sitting there on the sofa crying to a complete stranger yeah because they'll probably bring something up you haven't thought about in years yeah but that's good yeah that is very good that's how you let things go yeah right so it's but it takes time Anybody rushing you, that's like the biggest red flag. Do not let them rush you. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that reminds me of like... So I went to... Um, so my experience, you, mm-hmm. you already know, you guys know, was, um, you know, when we got to Karachi, mm-hmm. the day, the big move day, we got yeah. robbed at gunpoint outside my house. It was very traumatic. It was already stressful that we had moved, mm-hmm. you know, countries after packing up our lives after 10 years. And I had uh, developed PTSD, which is basically post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder. Yeah. And in that, I was having flashbacks. Mm-hmm. 
of the guy sort of holding the gun, I would just have a flashback that the guy came through the room and he's holding the gun on my head again and again, yeah. right? And then I had constant, like, I was totally, like, switched on where I'm, like, monitoring our cameras and I'm looking who's going inside our house, who's going outside. The level of paranoia was <laughs> is high. Yeah. I was distrusting of every other help that came in our house. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trusting the security measures and any kind of measures anyone had taken. And, you know, that's why I went into therapy. But when I went into therapy, they said, okay, well, you, the reason, you know, you were affected to this degree, you know, compared to the yeah. others that were there at the point is because you have anxiety. Yeah. Right. You have GAD, so generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. It's not that it's not that intense, but it's there. And this is why it, it pushed you to this point. Yeah. Each condition has like there's a general version. Yeah. There's an a chronic version and there's an acute version. Oh, I did not know this. <laughs> and, and, and Most conditions, uh, physical <laughs> be conditions ke hota hai, and psychological conditions. Generalized means that you are in that state almost all the time and you it's it's to the point where it's almost normalized that's your normal state of being yeah acute is a sudden onset something triggers it and yeah. it's a very intense experience mm. and chronic is a long duration any i think chronic correct me if i'm wrong i'm it's um from two weeks to a month anything longer than like two weeks is considered a chronic state right so i mean you can you have chronic inflammation as yeah, well or you yeah, have yeah. chronic fatigue and you've got all these Absolutely. other th- all that means is longer term okay got it and generalized is less intense but even longer that's just your state of being right. that you live in that yeah, that's yeah, who yeah. you are yeah. <laughs> you're an anxious I'm, person I'm I'm uh, and you know so this this is where we go back where um, I did have moments where you know my therapist was, would talk about things and you know and I cried. I mm-hmm. bawled out because she said something and I was like, "Hold on. You just brought up something that shakes my entire existence." Oh yeah, you're going to have a lot of breakthroughs. Like who I did. I had many breakthroughs and um, you know, I I I think it was the most helpful experience um ever because and and I'm a pro I'm a very strong advocate of like everyone needs to go to therapy. You don't need a reason oh, to go to therapy. Not at It's all. just a an excellent toolkit that you have and for me to see like oh my god i have anxiety and like i i understood what's wrong with me like not wrong but why i thought a certain way but getting told like with the, with no uncertain terms that this is what is wrong with you has its own sense of relief with it because you're like why am i like this why am i thinking why am i why do i feel this way yeah and then having an answer to me was so freeing yeah because then i could treat it Now you can do something. Yeah, now you now I can do I can find coping mechanisms. I can take the medicines I need. I can do what I need to do rather than sitting there hating on myself thinking I'm a terrible person, which by the way, I realized I'm not a terrible person. Oh, no, you're lovely. You know, oh, oh that's so sweet. Oh. No, you're lovely. Like she's, 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 you know, I think the other you're thing You're very kind. <laughs> the other thing people need to understand is that Ramsh's parents are just God bless them. Oh, they're fantastic. They were they were so open to this, so supportive. Oh yeah. And you need things like that to, you know, you need that social support. Like they didn't understand. Yeah. But I remember my dad was like when I told him what I'd been diagnosed with, he was like, "What does this mean?" He didn't yeah. he didn't argue with me. Can yeah. ye nahi hota? Ye kya ho gaya? He wanted to learn. Ha. He was like, "Acha, so what does it mean?" Yeah. 
And I remember I cried with relief. I was so like nervous telling them because I didn't, I'm an only child. So it's kind of like I'm their special little baby, you know, it's like no, who wants anything wrong with their kid, right? Nobody wants to be told their kid is sick yeah. or that they're suffering. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that they understood this wasn't their fault. I wasn't like carrying any trauma because they'd done something to me. Or, or lack of parenting. Uh-huh. Whatever, I, I, you know? That's the first thing I did was I think and I, I think that's very important that what we all should do is that we need to tell those people around us but we need to tell everybody around us that there is something wrong so they can understand where you're coming from yeah um, after I got a diagnosis I told all of my close friends right. I told them what to expect I told them what to look out for I told them if I'm acting this certain way this is what you should do in response wow. and it has strengthened the friendships that I have yeah and the people that didn't want to understand or belittled me I cut them off because who needs that kind of negativity around me you don't and the friendships that I did have were strengthened because they understood my behavior better and yeah. they understood that I wasn't being I wasn't being a, a female dog whatever yeah. I, I don't know if I should be swearing on there but they realized that oh no she's just not feeling well that's yeah. how they contextualized it and that was such a big departure from Ramsha's just moody. Ramsha's just um, Ramsha's a bit of a ungrateful, ungrateful brat, you know. But that's it. Yeah. It has made my life so much better, yeah. and the relationships that I have it's so much better. Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're crazy. We're laughing because um, Mo is. Um, he just wrote on a board. You can swear. You can swear. Say so. You're like sitting here silently. I think Mo's really enjoying this conversation between us. There's. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I feel. I feel Rumsha's sharing, and largely, I, I've been largely quiet because You're I feel like, right, yeah, Rumsha's sharing a lot of information that, um, as someone that's also going through therapy right now, is just it, it's super relevant and it's super interesting for me to hear right now. So I'm just trying to absorb it all. Just as I hope all of you guys are as well. Yeah. And um, I think on that, I'm going to talk about... So I want to jump... This is very important to me. Okay. Right? Because it was like... A, even after like I was like, okay, now I'm done with therapy. And you're like, I am woke. I am lit. Like, yeah. I, have I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, something happened. Yeah. That one night, um, somebody was crying out for help. Yeah. And, you know, a mutual friend or whatever. And um, and I and I know you, you messaged me, your mom was very ill. And so you were attending yeah. to her. And you said, listen, you're the only one who's awake at this hour. Because I was... Can sleeping. you please deal with this for me? <laughs> yeah. And we were... We, and she knew that because we were also sending, like, um, dog and cat memes uh, of on course Instagram. We and... <laughs> and so she's like, you, can you please attend to this? And basically... I am the goddamn cat meme queen. Okay. Yeah. Undisputed. Mm. That's true, actually. <laughs> Anyways, I can't contest that. So, um, and in that moment, I was like, wait. Okay, so the context is that this friend of ours was is suicidal and is calling out for help. That's how Ramsha explained it to me mm-hmm. later on. And... Basically, this friend of ours said, please, can someone eat? someone please talk to me? And, you know, I feel like it was something like I feel like ending this or something yeah. that, along those lines. Yeah. And it's a bit really shocking to hear that, to have that come to you. And so I basically told Ramsha, like, oh, my what God, do I, do? I can't I can't deal with this. I'm not equipped to deal with yeah. this. 
and and this this person has suicidal tendencies and i i can i what if i say something and this like and what if you trigger them what if mm. i do anything and the response i got from ramsha at that time was like there is nothing at this point that you can do that will make it worse because she is calling out for help yeah she's at the lowest point right now yeah. and and i still didn't understand that anyways we have a really good group of people and friends around us a couple of people that we messaged cuz i couldn't do it myself so i had to contact like you know somebody and be like please help and you know we we just reached I out i think and after that began where she was okay and yeah. began the process where Ramsha educated me yeah about what suicide is and I, it's um sorry if this is triggering because there should be a trigger warning when it comes to suicide oh, okay okay always sorry. um you know it's fine but like um you have to understand something as somebody and i will openly admit this you should put this in the the it should be in our description of yeah, the podcast because there is there should be a suicide warning and, and a trigger warning mm-hmm. because this is a very touchy subject yeah so let me start off by saying suicidal ideation yeah suicidal tendencies hmm. and being suicidal are three completely different states of being right when we point to somebody and say that he or she is suicidal hmm. that could mean a lot of things okay right so i am a depressive personality type so i have always had suicidal ideation which means that in the back of my mind i've always been like Ugh, I should just end it. But it's never been an active urge to do something about it. But it manifests in the artwork that I make. I make very morbid art. Like I've been a lot of people have pointed it out to me with my art style. They're like, "Wow, that's very death-centric." I'm like, "Yeah, because I'm not afraid of death because I think about it all the time." I think about it all the time. Your to me it's so too. yeah, but it's, it's normalized. Very dark, but it's very beautiful. It's very dark, but it's normalized. That's my state of being. But I I'm not suicidal. Mm. I have ideation. Yeah. But I'm not suicidal. That means I'm not actively a danger to myself. Okay. Right? When somebody is suicidal, that is code red. Okay. That means they are a danger to themselves and they're considering, they're actively taking ac- actions towards it. And if a person in that frame of mind tells you that I feel like dying or i feel like coming com- and you'll notice something about suicidal people they don't say dying never they'll never say the words die they like ending ending and that is so indicative of what being suicidal is it's not they they're not thinking in terms of the um the finality of it all the the penultimate point that there's no coming back from this they're not thinking in those terms what they're thinking is I am in a lot of pain right now. I am suffering and I want this to go away. And if it will not go away, then I will go away. The permanence of death does not come into it. They're not thinking in those terms that there is no coming back from this. All they want is for it to stop. They're just overwhelmed. They're just overwhelmed and they've been pushed to a point where you'll you'll hear things like common things people say, I want this to end. I want to go away. I want to fall asleep and never wake up. Um I want to stop feeling. I wanted to stop hurting. These are some of the ways that people express this. Okay. Right? कहीं पे भी बात नहीं है कि मैं मरना चाहती हूँ. Nobody wants to die. That's a very base human instinct in us. Self-preservation, even at our lowest point, demands that we survive somehow or the other. Right. So when people commit suicide, it is not with that in mind that I am about to die. It is that I am about to be put out of my misery. 
It's a form of escapism. It's a form That's of es- it's the me. extremest form of escapism there is. Yeah. So you have to understand that these people, if somebody has enough left in them to be like, listen, I'm thinking need. suicidal thoughts and I need help. All they need from you is for you to be there. Right. If not physically, then call them, message them, keep them engaged, keep them talking till it passes because it does pass. It's it's a crescendo of feeling and then it fades, okay. right? People don't live in suicidal. Yeah. People live in suicidal ideation. Right, okay. Which okay. is where I am. Right. Right? And I'm not a danger to myself. I do not want to kill myself. I don't want to hurt myself. I'm not abusive in any way towards myself. Yeah. But death is something that comes up in my head a lot. It's a morbid thing. I, I know I understand that. And um, the way I express it is through my writing and through my art. And so I have an outlet for it. I can express it in a healthy, creative way because I don't have that desperation behind this feeling. Wow. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I Are think I had a moment where I went like doing and yeah. Is it is it why your fashion and your sense of like decoration and all of that lifestyle kind of now ties yes. In together? Yes, yes, I would say that very much so. Well, you're very fucking cool, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that because like, like yeah. I guess I guess the thing is like I recently like anybody who checks out my social media or knows me personally know that I have a very distinct way of dressing. And a distinct taste and aesthetic towards. Yes, it's not goth. You wanted to correct. Oh yeah, isn't that how you introduced me? Alternative fashion. Yeah, alternative. Because if you look up goth, goth is a very extreme form of fashion, and I love it. I love it. But like, hum Pakistan mein please. Let's be realistic. (laughs) And calling myself goth living in Pakistan is like um, insulting to people that are genuinely ascribed to that. Yeah. But what is gothic? Like, I've had so many people message me on Instagram. Going like, oh, I love your style. I want to be goth too. And I'm like, okay. But I'm not goth. But I'm not goth first. Secondly, goth, Joanna, is is a lifestyle. It's not a fashion statement. I didn't know this. It's Don't look at me It's like the that. literature. <laughs> See, laughing. gothic, the term gothic technically comes from a style of architecture from the dark ages. So... Let's take it back. Let's take it back to where the term comes from. Gothic is a certain style of architecture okay. that is very European. And it comes from the Dark Ages. And at that time, the it was it was a bad time in history. People were dying. There was a plague. Shit was going down, man. Shit, shit, shit. It well, was in a, Europe. Dude, yeah. But, like, it was not a fun time to be alive in Europe. And so there was this sense or of... Or China now. Or, huh? It was, a, it was a time of morbid fascination yeah right um of fearing the higher power so a lot of gothic architecture is very like overwhelming to look at the i correct me if i'm wrong somebody can point this out but york minster in england is a great example of gothic architecture and if you look at it it is extremely extremely um it's a very dominating kind of a thing like it shows the power of god you know like there's there's a thing that people would turn to this building and be like oh my god god you know it's it's our only salvation there was this desperation to it so gothic architecture is larger than life Mm. it's very overwhelming it's very domineering right it's very dark and there's not a lot of like there's a lot of um gargoyles and a lot of dark sort of imagery involved in gothic art 
Well, say if you come forward and you come down towards the 60s, like way jump way ahead, right? You've got the 60s and the 70s and the rise of alternative culture where people were getting disillusioned with the government, with war, with all of these things. And they were like, we don't like this. We don't like how we all have to fit into this nine to five American dream bullshit, you know? Yeah. This is not who we are. Yeah. And people would become more and more extreme in the way that they would express themselves. And you've got the birth of punk and rock music and goth music and everything. So being gothic is like a subculture from that, right? And it's it's very open to interpretation, first of all. So I hate gatekeeping. People are just like, that's not goth. This is not goth. You're not goth. I'm like... But it could be. If this person thinks that's what they are, then why not? Like... There's so much to this. There's gothic literature. I mean, you want to get into it. You've got Bram Stoker's Dracula. You've got Frankenstein. You've got Mary Shelley. You've got these iconic... Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. Like, you know, these people exemplify the feeling of gothic. And then you've got bands... You've got music that comes out of it, right? Oh, so you've got, you've got Bauhaus, you've got The Cure, you've got all these really, really great bands, and I can give you a full list. Message me, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's oh, there's so many bands. There's Christian Death. Yes, I know people will be offended at that name, but it's a great band. Christian Death is amazing. Um, yeah, so there's all these um, elements to being dark, the dark aesthetic, the darker side of things and you'll find people that are very uh feminine in their goth style i would consider myself very industrial because i'm all about the jeans and the boots and the black t-shirts but black all black everything i just thought i just thought of you as a robot i'm very industrial i'm very (laughs) industrial yes but i i would or utilitarian goth i guess yeah practical like i i believe in comfort as long as it's in black speaking of which um you had given me like the best tip ever we were talking about like jeans. Black jeans. Black jeans. And I was about to throw out mine. I, I couldn't. I didn't have the heart to do it. Because they make your butt look great. They do. And my legs. But. Um, there you but, go. So, but. But I'm so, so <laughs> mature. Anyways. But. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, and so. You said. Girl, dye them. And I'm like. Oh shit. I could do that. Like. Those are the ones I dye them. And. Yeah. And they'll be blacker. They'll be blacker than your little kitty right here. You just go get them dyed. I, I feel like he'll get up and he'll be like, "Excuse me." Yeah, you. I'm just offended him. I'm yeah, sorry. No, but like, huh. but that's crazy, you know that. And also that. Why would you throw away a perfectly good pair of jeans when you could just dye it and reuse it when you know they fit you and you like them? Also, yes, and also like I want to talk about your own sort of sustainable fashion you know you i know that you own things and yeah. items that are you know bought from um flea markets yeah or i make them myself you make or, them yourself mm-hmm. oh my god okay that's amazing okay, i'll tell you where it started from yeah. um i have a i had a shopping problem and i've always i've always liked fashion i've always liked clothes and jewelry and accessories and makeup and everything like I just I've always wanted to have that dream closet thing going you know um blame it on clueless and her freaking like Joski <laughs> shares shares little digital wardrobe where she would like use a computer to dress her up and then yeah. there was like a fucking carousel yeah. oh my god did I want that I wanted that so bad but what I realized was um I was studying in Malaysia 
and we had a student in our class from mainland China mm-hmm. and she said something that I don't it was one of those aha moments for me where she said you can tell the next seasons in colors by the color of the rivers in China so what she was saying was the amount of dumping of dyes and pollutants that go into the creation of fast fashion oh my god you see where i'm going with this damn dude she said that you can tell the next seasons in colors by the colors of the rivers in china <gasps> because fast fashion because look what is fast fashion fast fashion is i'm going to brand shame here we've got h&m we've got forever 21 zara. we've got zara we've got all of these brands now put it into context um four collections a year right four collections a year you've got spring summer autumn winter collections right globally agar sirf aap h&m ko uthao how many stores do they have around the world right multiples in every city yeah right and they produce four collections a year jiske multiple stocks aate hain right and these are affordable clothing so the only way something is affordable is either it is manufactured cheaply yes labor is being underpaid and abused probably and abused um you are using um dodgy practices yeah dodgy production you know uh, facilities sorry pardon me you're using just basically the, the, how do you cut costs you cut costs by um compromising on all levels of quality yeah from how you treat your labor the material used the process is used to environmental controls Envi- huh, everything goes out the window then because the only thing that matters is that huge profit margin you can put on it yeah right? how is a t-shirt 10 so this is um this is something that's interesting because you, you were talking about all the different levels of compromise and stuff mm-hmm. right and with forever 21 i specifically remember reading an article about this <clears> is <throat> that um With them, they get their stuff made for them by minor suppliers. Okay? Yeah. Forever Twenty One doesn't have like some giant warehouse where they churn out all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like for example, some of some other clothing brands actually make their own stuff. They own their own yeah. warehouses. They own their own factories. Like I labor, have, right? I I currently have two uh, Forever Twenty One things that I use as examples. One of them says made in Indi- Indonesia, and one of them says made in China. Yeah. But even even when it's even they're like made in USA stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically is they have sweatshops. in California. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this yeah, this is they are undocumented um uh, immigrants, immigrants are. that are being forced to work longer and harder hours um with no environmental controls whatever because the suppliers to stay in business themselves it is a race to the bottom. If they can't Forever 21 wants to sell these things in larger volumes at lower costs so we can benefit from that, right? So we can buy a cheaper product for example, right? But we can't they can't just cut pro, cut costs without cutting profit margins, right? They're going to maintain their profit margins at exactly the level they they want them to be at. So that means their supplier needs to cut the production yeah. cost. And how is the supplier going to do that? All the ways Ramsha just talked about On top of that you put in the environmental factor okay, if it's being made in China if whatever you're wearing is being made in China the shipping cost the amount of fossil fuel burned to ship also boatloads also of in these, the industries yeah. the, the fuel and everything that's used water there's a lot of yeah. waste of these things that people don't exactly. really know exactly there's or a, you there it is the top 
in in the top five most polluting industries in the world is the fast fashion, fast fashion industry. Yeah. Top three me aati hai, I think. Biggest causes of pollution. More than that, cheap clothing is polyester. Polyester is plastic. It does not degenerate. And landfills are filled to the brim with this shitty cheap fabric that is the equivalent of plastic. And it doesn't thalia. go anywhere. Yeah, it's basically like thalia. Haan, thalia penimium ne. Like the amount yeah. of polyester in our clothing is basically you're wearing plastic. It's all processed plastic. So it doesn't go anywhere. There's no... It doesn't biodegrade, so your landfills are getting choked up with these clothes. So it doesn't benefit you if you pay ten dollars for a T-shirt. You're like, yeah, great. I'm like, you know, look what I did. But then you just, you know, the back end. That ten dollar T-shirt is shitty quality. You're gonna wear it twice. Two bar tum dhogi, khid jaegi washing machine mein. You're gonna throw it away. Yeah. And where is it gonna go? Kisi aur ke pehne like to nahi rahi na wo. You're not gonna give it to somebody else. You're gonna throw it away, and it's gonna wind up in a landfill somewhere. that where it will stay for the next 100 years. Yeah. It's no different than throwing away plastic. And so well then what do you do? I I can't afford and we you know we're not going to be affordable. Yeah, sustainable fashion is very expensive. Like if you go towards brands that are eco-conscious and everything and they're very expensive. So there's one of two ways. Either you go quality over quantity uh, over quantity. So you decide I will buy two pairs of jeans and I will invest in them. I will buy Citizens of Humanity ki jeans ya mm-hmm. some sustainable brand. You will pay a hundred dollar for those jeans, but they are so well made. They will last you about ten years. The jeans I'm wearing right now, I've bought six years ago, and I've made them last by dyeing them. The denim itself is good quality, but I wear them down, and obviously dye utar jata hai dul dul ke. I go and get them dyed again, and because their fabric is good quality, it takes the dye so well. You're looking at them right now. Do they look six years old? They're six years old. No, they look. brand new actually and i think also by the way the the way we treat our clothes like you know washing yeah take that follow the directions on the tag please so ideally you should wash with like 30 degrees yeah and um you know i mean it's not possible to have front load washing machines in pakistan because there's yeah. no culture because uh, but they i i feel like there should be because they take less water and less soap yeah but they're also more expensive to buy yeah it's kind of like the the so what do you do right it comes yeah. back to so what do you do yeah. um either there's a couple of little things you can do shop your friends closets like get together and look through each other's closets and you know bahut baar aisa hota hai i have a top i've worn it twice i'm bored with it i'll give it to rabia uske liye to brand new hai na yeah and i've taken good care of it so it's not like it's falling apart either rabia just gave me three of her tops that she feels like they don't fit her anymore and they don't like fit her and i can probably make use of them it's it's making it's extending the life of the garments you've already bought obviously hum nange to nahi ghoom sakte na kapde to khareedne hain kapde to khareedne hain but it's about how you're acquiring those clothes the other thing that i do and shamelessly i will tell you is i go to sunday bazaar yeah i buy second hand very proudly yeah very proudly because those things have already been manufactured right yeah so keep reusing them there's yeah. nothing wrong with them and if you have that whole ew it's second hand mentality seriously the hack for that is ghar lao दो कप डेटॉल के जो होते हैं ना लाइक द कैप ऑफ द डेटॉल वो डाल के मशीन चला दो लिटरली इट विल डिस इनफेक्ट यूर क्लोथ्स एंड यू विल हैव समथिंग दैट इज यूनिक बिकॉज दीज प्लेसेज हैव वन ऑफ अ काइंड पीसेज राइट अगर आप संडे बाजार जाते हैं तो आपको एक जो टी शर्ट मिलेगी वो आपको एक ही मिलेगी रादर देन यू गो टू आउट फिटर्स एंड यू पिकड अप वन दैट एवरी अदर टॉम डे कैन हैर इज गिन बी वेयरिंग 
I think there's also a there's also an interesting new startup or um, oh, brand yes. in Pakistan. I'm very very curious to find out more about them. But um, uh, I, I, they're, they're called something pre-loved, and huh. uh, what they do is they they actually buy these um, clothes from yeah. other parts of the world um, where they've been like pre-loved. Yeah, where they've been where they've been like disposed of or thrown away or whatever, and then they actually redo them. Like so, oh, it's yeah. a new unique piece. And sell them off here. It's exactly. Fantastic. Like a lot of the times, like like I point out the fact that I like wearing black. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the times, मुझे cotton की t-shirts मिलेंगी. Yeah, I'll find like a nice dress, and it's pink or it's red or it's blue. If I can see that it can be dyed black, I'll buy it, and I'll dye it black to make it fit me. Mm. Right. So and they're so cheap. That's another thing. Hey, not only are you saving money by picking up unique pieces that aren't being mass produced in the markets, so not everybody will look like you yeah. wearing the exact same kind of thing you're wearing, you also end up extending the life of things that have already been manufactured. Right? So you're just putting things new things do not need to be made. There is enough clothing in the world to dress all of us 10 times over. Damn. Already in existence, you do not need this. You do not need a brand new anything right now. You don't need to throw away that favorite top. On top of everything else, look at your own closet. Do do you really need another pair of jeans? Do you need it? No. Again, क्या नंगे घूम रहे हो? नहीं ना. कपड़े हैं ना पहनने के लिए. Do you need those jeans? No, you don't need those jeans. Do they look great? Yeah, they do. Maybe wear the ones that you already have, and if you still want them, come back and buy them. मैं ये नहीं कह रही कि ना लो. And I'm not saying I don't buy from these brands either. I do. But I buy consciously and I buy very sparingly, and I only replace things that have already literally been run into the ground. And just to add one more piece to that, take care of your stuff. Like yes. I feel like that's such a missing component, and and it's something I've noticed that is so common here in Pakistan, especially. Mm. Like I felt, I felt while there was a lot. For example, when we lived in Dubai or whatever. Is there was all sure people bought a lot of stuff, but they also took care of their stuff yeah. for the most part. Whether it was a car, a washing machine, or like a nice shirt. Over here, like I, I don't, I don't see the that. The disposability of everything. Yeah, yeah, everything seems everything seems very disposable. Like for example, like uh, I mean, I love using the example of cars here, but like the car is the second most expensive purchase most people ever make mm-hmm. in their lives. Yet they're they're treated like no one bothers maintaining them properly. You know, it's just like yeah. it's treated as like a, like a toaster. <laughs> you should be taking care of your toaster too. You so, take, yeah, take, take care, care of your damn toaster. Take care of your clothes, man. So the way that I've found it works for me is, um, I will go to a shop. I I love fashion. Like I said, I look up trends online all the time. I follow fashion bloggers in my niche, and I'll be like, okay, that lace top is really cool. Let me see if I can find a secondhand version of it. So I will scour Sunday Bazaar. I'll run around, and if it's like white colored lace, mil gay, pink colored lace, mil gay, can I dye it? Is it the material that I educate yourself about materials? Educate yourself about dyes. Educate yourself about maybe putting on a button. आपको एक t-shirt mil gay. It's not hard to put on a button, guys. Do not throw away a shirt because it's missing a button. Please, <laughs> I've seen people do that. It hurts me. Itni oh. stitching, so yar, bande bhi kar lenge. No offense or anything, but <laughs> we can all learn to stitch to the point where you can put on a damn button. For the love of God, buy a button. 
I'm gonna need some help after this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will teach you, Mo. I will teach you. Put on a damn button. Do not throw a perfectly good piece of clothing away because it's got zip to it. Jaake mochi se zip lagwalo. Yeah. How hard is that? Go go get the zip replaced. Go put a button on. Go dye it if it's looking old and ratty. What the hell? Like, I want to give Mo love for this. Um, I want to talk about the wallet Mo has. This is a cool one. This yeah, is okay. good, like I give him a lot of credit for this. So, um, 12 years ago, I bought him uh, a LV wallet. Okay. Okay. Fancy. And, and yeah, and uh, he still uses that today. Because it's an expensive piece. That's another thing. Like you should have another element to this is respect the money that you're spending. You work hard for this money. Can you say Atiyana? Why would you throw away something that you've put your hard-earned money on? Why would you not respect it? I don't understand how you can work so hard, earn the money, buy something, and then chuck it in a corner. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And another thing is, yato. The other thing that I do is then I buy quality. I will invest in like if you want to buy boots, honey, go buy yourself some Doc Martens. That's how I go about it. I own. Okay, like I said, I'm not a minimalist. Let me clarify. Yeah. Let me clarify. She's not a minimalist, but she's definitely into sustainable fashion. Yeah. There's ways to be a maximalist and yeah. still not cause a lot of damage. So I'm a big proponent of good boots because a good boot can last you years. I have a pair of Doc Martens that I saved up and bought for my 16th birthday. I'm turning 30 tomorrow. I still wear them. They're still fine. Wow. They're beaten up, but holy shit, do they look cool. Yeah. They look like I'm some biker chick from God knows where and like, you know, I've seen some shit in my life. Not really. They're just old. <laughs> they're just old, but they've lasted 15 years. Money's worth, right? Money, you know, recovered it. multiple times over. Sure, that first initial investment feels like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm about to pay 70 pounds for a pair of shoes. But those 70 pounds were... 15 years ago I've those shoes have taken me all over the world and back yeah they're so comfortable they're amazing so yeah to up second hand Joe yeah you invest in pieces that will last a lifetime see this is the thing like I the problem with us is like I've noticed more so in when I moved to Pakistan is you know we, we are such like trend whores oh yeah though her cheese we need to be like you know oh it's season may panna it's season may karna ye karna and I'm looking at like these brands right the big ones that are yeah. local brands and stuff that are making lawn and stuff honestly they're creating the same designs oh yeah different colors and stuff and I'm able to see that but nobody is no Nobody else able to see that? Why are you still buying the same clothes again and again? And you because it, and, and and there's this level of prestige attached to it. That I have this brand panava. I have this brand ka, this season ka panava. But at what cost? You're feeding your ego. At what cost? Think about that. Yeah. Think about the working conditions in our factories. Think about who makes your clothes. If nothing else, if the environment doesn't matter to you, think about the human cost of this. I think that's interesting because what you've what you've basically said is a lot of these purchases are made because of status signals. Oh yeah, right? and and there there is a there is a point where being um, environmentally conscious is going to become status signaling of its own, which oh, yeah. is which has happened in many parts of the world. And I think I think there's there's a point where that's going to hit here, and I think that's going to change the fashion landscape a little bit. It I think it already does because you see a lot of like really. Um, 
हाईफाई किस्म के लोग संडे बाजार में अब हुए लाइक स्कैरिंग एंड ट्राइंग टू फाइंड थिंग्स आई फाइंड आई नो बट लाइक देयर देयर वर माइनॉरिटी द मोर आई गो द मोर आई सी मोर पीपल टर्न अप दैट नो व्हाट दे आर डूइंग या सो इस्लामाबाद इज अ लिटिल बिट डिफरेंट देन कराची आई वी डिडंट मेंशन दैट इस्लामाबाद रमशा लिव्स इन इस्लामाबाद राइट नाउ बट शी इज लिव्ड इन मेनी मेनी कंट्रीज बिफोर दैट या बट बेसिस इस्लामाबाद ओके सो इट्स अ लिटिल डिफरेंट फॉर पीपल देयर या पीपल आर wealthier overall yes. let's, let's talk socio economics right so socially people are of a higher class i don't believe in classes but if you want to put it that way people are of a higher earning bracket in islamabad hey you too there people earn a lot more in islamabad than they do in other parts of the country and yet i've noticed and they're very now, status conscious oh, too oh very much that's so that's what i want to talk about so. so that's huge if you see them yeah. in Islamabad. Yeah, you see so many like people, I've seen so many of my I've run into people. Like I've never been ashamed of this. I tell people people are like where where are those from? I'm like, "Oh, Sunday Bazaar. The shoes I'm wearing right now are Sunday Bazaar. By the way, I'm wearing canvas high tops with um skulls. <laughs> embellished skulls, and I found them at Sunday Bazaar for 500 rupees. Now you can just Hello, five hundred rupees. I mean, five hundred rupees. Me, what milta hai? Mujhe batao. You go, 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 go get a Nike pair of shoes. Like, I dare, I dare you. I dare you find yourself some nice sneakers for five hundred outside of a flea market. It's no, not gonna happen. Right? So five hundred dollars, maybe. Maybe, but five hundred rupees. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, what? Yeah. What? And even that is exorbitant. I paid only that much because they're brand new. Unka sole bilkul nahi tha. There's Like I've saw so many pairs of shoes I've bought, yeah, and it's just like we really bought it. If you're an environmentalist and you're uh, environmentally conscious, these things have already been manufactured. Leather shoes, let's be real. Leather shoes last well; they're good shoes, right? But there's so many secondhand leather shoes you could get. You can you can satisfy your tastes and your aesthetics without causing more damage than has already been done. That's right. Right? And that's why and it allows you to have a very unique style. Like exactly. you do. And I think I'm very proud when somebody goes like, "Where did you get that from?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's from Sunday Bazaar because I know it's one of a kind and I think of this as a status symbol. I the finds that I have, the the cool things that I find, I think that's the real win because I know for a fact I do not look like anybody else. And I And why would I want to? And does that tie back into what we just discussed earlier about you being an individual and you know yes. expressing yourself in this way and yes. having those ha- having channeled your own yeah. sort of things into a creative, creative I think I think it started off with um like I said I have I mean coming coming full circle with the depressive personality traits that I have I identified with books that had characters that were melancholic may yes. be the term yeah and then it would you know books are very descriptive so you'd have these characters and they'd be like he was wearing a dark overcoat oh yeah and you know like things like and i'm like ooh i identify with this character it was a dark How, and stormy night it was a dark and stormy night <laughs> xyz was walking down a dark road he's wearing a black trench coat and i'm like holy and crap skulls on it and i'm like holy crap that black trench coat sounds like a dream come true honey that's what i need in my life cuz i want to be this guy ah. and as a child i mean aapka's fashion sense kahan se aata hai some girls they play with barbie dolls and they're like okay that's the aesthetic i want that's like that's what they're shaped by they like the girly girl style they like that my depressive nature led me to reading the kind of things that were then portrayed and projected right back into how i dress now wow. and the art i produce and the writing that i do 
Wow. Full circle. Full circle. We are shaped by who we are. I just accept it. And I love that. I completely accept and I embody who I am as best as I can because the human experience is so uncomfortable. Being human sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It's a painful, painful <laughs> thing to be. Yeah. Tell me about, like, who has not suffered their fair share of bullshit, right? Yeah. Being human sucks. It can be so, so painful. So why not make it less uncomfortable by accepting and being nice to who we are? I mean, I live by this one thing and I hope this helps somebody else. And I've told this to as many people as I can when they're like, how do you cope? Mm. And I'm like, I'm good to myself. Yeah. And I know this whole self-love narrative is like really woo-woo and Instagram-y and like oh, self-care, self-love, hashtag, all of that. But the core of that is, Deco, simple si baat hai. Who is with you from the day you were born to the day you die? Can you answer that? Who is with you? You. You. Nobody else. Literally, every moment of your existence, you are the only companion you have. And you, are, you treat yourself the worst. You treat your constant the worst. Right? Whereas it should be the other way around. Why not build yourself up so that you can be a better influence to those around you that are there sporadically? Right. Right? Why not be there for the one person that's always there for you? Why not be there for the body that carries you through your life? Yeah. This is the only body you have. Yeah. Respect it. It's a blessing. You might not look perfect. You might not look the way you want to. But... It allows you to experience this world in, in all its glory and everything. Experience love and emotions and the feeling of petting a kitty cat or you know getting a hug from your mom or finding the love of your life or all of these things. It's this body that you embody that takes you through those things. So you should respect it. It's an insult to who you are if you don't respect yourself. Yeah. Right? Damn. Yeah. It's, it's such a basic thing. You are your only constant. Nothing else lasts nothing else is permanent except yourself in your own life and if you don't love yourself or help yourself or help yourself you can't help others yeah you know who, pouring from an empty cup is such an old state phrase but it makes so much sense like if you are not okay and everybody's asking you to be good and that's another thing we strive so hard to be good how are you doing oh i'm great i'm good no you're not why not try for okay? Pele try to be okay, na? Why are you aiming for like the hundredth level of I'm perfect, I feel great today? How about be 50%? How about be okay first? Yeah. And then work your way from that. Can we just be okay? Is that so hard? It's not that with, hard. It's not wrong with being There's okay. nothing hard with being okay. Most of the time we are okay, but we're so busy trying to be great. <laughs> that we forget that being okay in itself is such a blessing and that you need to be okay to be great you need to be okay to be you need to be okay with being okay sometimes <laughs> and know that hey at least i'm alive at least i'm still here take it from somebody who's constantly thinking about death how big of a blessing it is to still be here i am clinically psychologically programmed to be obsessed with death that's what i do that's who i am you can look at my art Instagram. You can look at the writing that I do. It is in everything that I do and it is in everything that I am. And yet I am so grateful 
to be here right now and to experience the people that I get to enjoy my life with. Man, that's wonderful. That was so good to hear. Um, I I don't know how to end this with anything other than please realize that you don't have a lot of time. You really don't. And if you can help yourself enjoy the little time that you have, even if it's ask for help, go get the help you need. Go to the doctor you should see. Go get that fucking boil checked out, you know? <laughs> get it checked out if it's making you miserable. You know, you've got a cut on your leg that wouldn't heal. Get it checked out. You've got a cut on your soul. Get it checked out. Fix things. Make yourself better. Because you're not here for very long. And, you know, there are people that will carry you. And do you want them to carry a broken version of you? Oof. I think... Um that was, a, that was a fantastic parting message, and you don't need to come up with anything beyond that. I think that was, that was awesome. Thanks. Um, so, um, well, I also want to be respectful of your time. I know you're in Karachi for a short amount of time. Yes. And we want, we want you to get to be able to do all the things that you want to do while you're whoop, here, whoop. which has been mostly hang out with us. Obviously. <laughs> but uh, That's like the first fun thing I've done in this entire... No, no, that's a lie. I went on a picnic. That was really fun. Please don't come after me, Hiba. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, where where can people where can people find out more about what you more about you more about what you do? So, what's your Instagram yeah. handle? <laughs> My Instagram it. handle is Ramshazia S, all small caps. So R A M S H A Z I A S, Ramshazia S. And my other Instagrams, my art Instagram, everything is linked on that one. Other than that, um, you guys can add my email address under the description of this so that you know people can find me there i will talk to you i will talk you down i will be there for you if you're struggling please feel free to message me we can talk mental health we can talk physical health we can talk whatever you want to talk about i just want you to be okay can we do that can we be okay and do you have any upcoming projects anything else you want to talk about anything you want to plug before Ooh, you um i no not not really right. I'm, I'm i'm going day to day man i okay. i just Things happen, things come my way, and I'm, I just go, okay, this sounds interesting. You're like, you want to be on our podcast? I'm like, hell yeah, let's do the podcast. I don't really plan shit. I don't think we planned this one either, but, uh, you know, it was it was good. It was spontaneous. It was. I just go stuff. along with things. Um, well, Rumsha, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having uh, me here. No worries. And, guys, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thelocalistpk at gmail.com. You can drop us a direct message at the localist PK on Instagram. Um, and you know what? If you're driving, take care of the car that you're driving. <laughs> yeah. And don't be a dick. <laughs> Oil change karwa, <laughs> Jakar. <laughs> Oil change karwa. Oil change karwa. Gadi saaf karo. Gadi saaf Try and visit your local mochi once in a while rather than go buying new shoes. I mean, give it a try, man. Samad bond sab jod deti hai.